every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Fancy new open. I like that, Gordon. What do you think? I like it, and I love this song, so it just makes it that much better. I know. It does improve the day, doesn't it? Nice it's work, Austin. It's what's going on here on The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, where we get you the big news from across the Zone Network throughout the day. And it's been uh, it's been a fun feature, Gordon. It's kind of fun to check in on the other shows. But, uh, you know, we not only uh, generate some news on this station from time to time, Gordon, but we generate a lot of opinion and a lot of great content. And so it's fun to kind of highlight that as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I really enjoy it. It's almost as though we're inviting the other guys onto our show to have a discussion. Well, yesterday uh, we had a chance to talk to Dr. Angela Dunn, the Utah State uh, epidemiologist, and what a great conversation that was. It was a lot of fun. It's up online at 1280thezone.com. I shouldn't say fun. She's a very upbeat person. It was very informative. Uh, She has a way of getting across her message without it being too much of a a drag, I guess, Gordon, yeah. for yeah, that's lack of a, good way to, good lack way of to a better it. word. Yeah. Uh, but we are on the station trying to keep everybody up to date with what's going on. I mean, we don't want to drown everybody with uh, Corona news, but we've had to, you know, we've tried to check in with it when it's relevant, including having Dr. Dunn on yesterday. And Spencer Cox, the lieutenant governor of the state of Utah, was on with Hanson Scotty today, uh, giving his latest perspective. So we kind of got the science yesterday, Gordon. Let's check in with state leadership today and go over a couple of things that uh, that he checked in with with uh, Hanson Scotty. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right, let's start out with uh, him talking about what numbers we should be paying attention to. Most people just look at the positive numbers uh, of cases, and that's actually probably the worst number to look at. It's really not that helpful. What I look at, and, and it's important to start to average them over days as well, because there are some hiccups in the reporting mechanisms. We actually get positives right away, but negatives take a, a couple days. And so yesterday was a very, very good day, by the way. One of the best days we've had because there was such a high test rate number, over 4,000, and the positives were under 100. So the first day we've seen those. Today, you'll see a little bit of a regression there, but we're testing over 3,000 a day, which even if you go back just a week and a half ago, we were down to 1,000 a day. And so getting those test numbers back up is more important to me. Anything between where we've been, you know, 80 to 160, somewhere in that range, those are good numbers we feel good about. I'll tell you, the, the one that we watch very closely is the hospitalization rate, because testing is, is a little fickle, but people get hospitalized when they get really sick. And, and it doesn't matter if they've tested positive or not. If they're sick, they're going to the hospital. And of course, they get tested once they're in the hospital. So those hospitalization rates are really important to us and help us understand the rate of spread throughout the system because you could test nobody and get zero positives and feel really good about yourself. But if those hospitalization rates are going up, then you're in trouble. And so we've watched those flatten out and and, and actually decrease a little bit over time. And that's a number that I pay a lot of attention to. Mm, That's a great that's a great point. Very similar to what Dr. Dunn said as yeah. as well yesterday. And just to kind of catch folks up on that, Gordon, and one number that I, I watch, and I know uh, uh, 
uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox talked about this today, but we had 149 new cases. But here's the thing, Gordon. We tested, reported, tested 4,075 people yesterday, which is a huge jump in what uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox was talking about right there. And so the positive test rate, Gordon, is 3.6%, which is a great number. Yes. And that's something that's been pretty low in this state all the way through this. It hovered around uh, five, and now we're below, and that's really, really good. And other states have been like twice that, haven't they? More. Nationally, I think yeah. we're around like 18 to 20. I shouldn't throw Is that out really? there without confirming it. But, yeah, yeah. significantly higher. Significantly so they're, cast, higher. they're casting the net wider and, uh, and, and getting, you know, a relative uh, num- uh, few number of uh, positives relative to that. So that— yeah, that, that is good news. And I know they're casting a wider net on the, the testing just from anecdotal evidence. People I know who don't necessarily have symptoms, but be it through the Test Utah website or I have, I have a, a friend that has a condition, even though he's in his late 30s, a condition that may, might make him a little bit vulnerable. So they basically said, yeah, come on in, scheduled him for a test. So those those uh, requirements are loosening up a bit. And that's really good. Uh, that's really good news, I think, for everybody. Yeah, I mean, as I, we you and I talked about the other day, half of America has some sort of existing condition. Well, and on on that note, Gordon, let's play this next cut because this is about antibody tests and kind of the direction that that's going. The good news is that the University of Utah, ARUP, we have one of the best uh, labs, you know, in the nation right here and and others. They have started doing some antibody testing. The problem with most of the tests that you've seen, they have not been validated and they are terribly inaccurate. Yes, you can get a test from South Korea or China where you prick your finger and it will tell you if you're positive or not. And there's maybe a 50% accuracy rate, which means, you know, I could guess and be just as accurate. So we're working through getting those tests validated in a real way. Where we would like to be is if I could deliver um, both tests, a swab test right now and an antibody test to every person in the state of Utah, we could open up our economy completely tomorrow. We would know who has the disease. We could isolate them. We would know who has had it already. We would know how far widespread it is. That's where we want to get to, but that's going to take, unfortunately, months to get to that place. But what we can do right now is, is hopefully starting on Friday, if not early next week, the University of Utah is going to do a random sampling of 12,000 Utahns and what we're going to do is we're going to deliver both tests and that will allow us to determine how widespread this is using an effective and legitimate sampling of Utahns to give us a better readout of what has really happened here. And then we'll, first off, as we increase the serology test, the antibody test, that will go to frontline workers. We want to protect them, find out who of them has been infected and had it already. And then we'll start rolling it out more to the general public. I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, but is that the level we're going to need to get to from a testing standpoint before we start putting people back in uh, stadiums and uh, and arenas across the country you know um maybe uh, and and this is something i trust me nobody wants this more than i do or needs it more than i do right now that piece at, at least the live piece right where everybody's in the stadium i do think that there's a path forward for games to happen sooner um rather than later without fans in the stand what, what we want to avoid are these super spreader events that's where things go crazy and there are several examples of that across the country what i will say 
say is this, the antivirals and the, the medications coming in and uh, and helping uh, with this, I think are, are really an even better hope than being able to test everyone in the country. And I do see a path for some of these with the tests that are going now where this summer we could have some antiviral medications that significantly reduce the, the loss of life and hospitalization. But once we get to that phase, then I think that's, that's a game changer and would allow us to have some of these bigger events, sporting events sooner rather than later. Okay, so there's two things there, Jake, that really stand out to me. One is I like what he said about finding out more information about what they're dealing with here. That's something you've talked a lot about. But he said they were going to test like 12,000 newtons across the board. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And that 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 would uh, that kind of information really really valuable. What antiviral medication is he talking about in the latter part of what he said? I I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for him. Uh, of course, there's then the uh, the malaria drug that has been so in the headlines uh, yeah, since that, President that, Trump keeps talking about it. But there, there's yeah. lots of other stuff too. I mean, we alluded to this earlier in the show. The University of Louisville just uh, uh, developed a drug that uh, they want to get into treatment that uh, prevents it from uh, the the virus spreading from, to another cell. Yeah, from penetrating another cell, which would be mm-hmm. incredible, right? So, I mean, he could be talking about any number of different things. So, but I, I, like I what, agree with his point, though. I mean, if people are are just thinking that that everybody's going to stay underground before uh, until a vaccination, I mean that that that's just not really possible. So, if you get treatments. That will significantly lower the mortality rate. I mean, that that's a huge game changer, and that's more possible sooner than a vaccination. Well, that, that's that that would be fantastic, right? I mean, right. <laughs> so keep your fingers crossed. But I think that's what he's talking about. I don't want to speak for the man, but yeah. that that's what I that's what I hear when when he says that. I don't want to get caught up in the hydrochloroquine or whatever it is that whole debate but i know there are of course we all know there are other things in development and let's hope they come up with something that's very effective because that would be that would be a game changer for sure indeed man and that's what we that's what we need that that is what we need both from a standpoint of uh antiviral as he was talking about and uh, getting that vaccination to a point where it's uh it's it's uh, dependable and uh, then we can then we can move about with confidence. And so it's, it really comes down to these all those people that you used to make fun of in school because they were the geeks and the nerds. Those are the people we're counting on right now. I didn't make fun of anybody, Gordon. I don't know what yeah, you're talking you about. I know you did. Me? I was on the debate yeah, you, team. Who do you think I was making fun of? <laughs> you, you were one of the nerds. <laughs> no, this is. This is what we're depending on. And I like what Scotty suggested on Twitter, where he said that whatever university develops something for this should be get an automatic invite into the all the NCAA tournament and the college football playoff. Not that they need that as motivation, but uh, go University of Louisville. That's all. I don't care if you had a basketball coach that was cheating like crazy or doing whatever he was doing, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for... Louisville, if they can come up with something like that, I wonder what the is the motivation to help people or is the motivation to make a boatload of money? I, I don't know, but uh, certainly does it both matter? Will, no, it doesn't. At In this, this point, particular case, <laughs> it does not matter. So, whether it's the University of Pittsburgh or University of Louisville, whoever out there is doing all this research, find it, baby, grab that thing by the throat and bring it home. That's uh, what we need. 
Here's uh, one more cut from Lieutenant Governor Cox. And why don't we get to the Trevor Riley cut coming up at 3.30. It'll give us an excuse to to switch gears and talk a little NFL draft. Uh, But here's the final cut from Lieutenant Governor Cox talking about how the next phase is nearly here, but it's not going to be like we're going right back to normal. What it's going to look like is we're going to have to figure out how to live with this disease until we get some sort of medical intervention. And we know that, uh, you know, a vaccine is more than a year away. But some of the antivirals that they're they're testing right now actually look very hopeful. And if we could reduce the, the bad symptoms and the death rate, that's a huge thing for us. But in the meantime, we've got to learn how to live with it. And what that means is the lessons that we've learned over the past few weeks, we have to incorporate into the way we do business. That's social distancing. That's wearing masks when we're in public. I know it's uncomfortable. I know people don't like it, but it's a lot better than shutting everything down and keeping people in their homes. We're going to have to have hand washing everywhere we go. Those are the types of things we're going to have to do to make sure that we take a more surgical approach. And and, and then, of course, increased testing and tracing and isolating those who have the disease and those who have been exposed to it. That's a more surgical approach. It will allow us to ramp up economic opportunity without having to do this sledgehammer where we're keeping everybody at home and destroying the economy. We can do this, but we all have to be super careful not to expose others. And, uh, and if you're at high risk, you still need to stay home. That's, that's a really important part there at the end. If you're high risk, you know, don't, don't take any chances. You've got to slowly turn this thing back on, as they say. I, I know we're all getting tired of this comparison, but it's not a light switch. It's more like a dial, and we've got to kind of turn it up. And there might be, you know, some trial and error involved, but nobody's been through this before, so we're just trying to get through it the best way we can i think yeah, at least that's yeah. the the impression i'm getting from our leadership do this responsibly man i mean people are not what did that leader in ghana say he said an economy can be rebuilt people can't gotta take care gotta take care of your people I'm not and, reading too uh, many newspapers from ghana these days I know. I was just reading. It. Not, anyway, <laughs> What's read going my, on in uh, South Africa today? Uh, it doesn't really matter. What about where, Chad? Where, where that, truth comes from? The Chad seems like a country you don't hear often from. Hmm. <laughs> Anytime you hear from someone named Chad, are you happy? I always thought that was a funny name for a country, just that was because. Because my friend Chad. Right. Just because it's such a common name, Chad. You know, everybody knows more than one Chad. Where are right? you from? Kent. What yeah. about you? Right. Chad. That's what I'm saying. I'm from Charlie. It's. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> that was an unintentional <laughs> reference right there. Anywho. Hank, how was that? That's, That's better. Fine, yeah. Hank. But Chad. Chad. Random, random country. Now, well, if Chad does, speaks uh, out does, on the corona, we'll listen. Does Chad hang? Mm. Now, there's an election joke from 1999. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I mean, is, is Chad still... It's better than 1964. Is Chad still a country? Uh, is Chad still a country? I mean, I think I, so. I've seen I've seen it on a map before, but uh, is is Chad? I, I, you never hear about Chad. That's what I'm saying. Why do yeah. you never hear about Says Chad? Chad anymore? is bounded to the north by Libya, to the east by Sudan, yeah, there the west by Niger, Nigerian Cameroon, and the south by the Central African Republic. Yeah, it's, so it's landlocked still... right in the middle. It's referred to as the dead heart of Africa, Chad. Huh. All right. Their official language: French and Arabic. There you go. I've never really had much of a hankering to go to Chad. Have you? I mean, a place called, what was that, Austin? The Dead Heart of Africa? The The, Dead Heart of Africa. It's not exactly a terrific marketing slogan. (laughs) 
I'd love to go to Africa, though. I'll tell you that. Here, due to its distance from the sea and its largely desert climate, the country is referred to as the dead heart of Africa. Right. Yeah. Cool, cool, uh, cool flag, though. I'd love to go to Africa. I think that'd be amazing, but I don't know if I'd pick Chad. As Their flag my looks like uh, Charlie Brown's sh- uh, shirt. Oh. Oh, I know what flag you're talking about. That is a cool flag. All right. Anyway, we got a little sidetracked on that. What are we talking about? We'll get to NFL uh, draft coming up right around the corner. Uh, that Spencer Cox interview with Hanson Scotty is up online at 1280thezone.com. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. mixed emotions then the jets called me and uh, they're like hey we got a couple picks left we're thinking about taking you but if we don't we want you to come with us and i said let me just tell you if you got a couple picks left and you don't take me there's no way in hell i'm going with you guys i hung up the phone (laughs) and then about 10 minutes later they drafted me with the last pick in their draft and my agent called me what happened i said i told him if you don't take me i'm not i'm going to you guys he's like man you probably should have consulted me on that i said i I kind of got caught up in the heat of the moment but i really i wouldn't have gotten to him anyway as it turned out they actually liked that answer according to them it made them want to draft me that is hilarious trevor riley from dj and pk this morning it's a big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone nfl draft starts what tomorrow yes it does and i'm really interested in this draft because there's not a lot else going on as far as the world of sports goes and so yeah i'll be watching this thing and typically at this time of year we're all caught up in the nba playoffs but uh, we'll have time to focus on on this. And with so many local players in the mix, at least in one of, in one of the rounds, we don't know which who's going when, where, uh, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. It will be fun to watch, and there is a lot of local interest, and we've talked a lot about that. There should be, um, there's, I mean, Utah, Utah State, BYU, and Weber could be represented in the draft, could be. I don't know if I want to say should be. But what do you think the odds are that there will be two local players taken in the first round? Low. I know a lot of people talking about Johnson and Jordan Love, and maybe they both go in the first, but I would guess one falls out. I am really confused on the Jordan Love thing. The more I read, the less I know. I mean, it just seems like it's all over the map with him. And... Uh, the the I, I read one that had him going in the second round, and then the most recent one I read, it had him going to the Patriots in the first round. I don't know. I just don't know. Well, I, I think it all goes back to um, who was on with us. Why am I going blank? Uh, Austin from CBS Sports. Tom Fornelli. Tom Fornelli, that's right, was on with us. And I, I thought he made a really interesting point that I had not really considered. Jordan Love, probably a top 15 talent. But what? Teams need quarterbacks is one thing, and what teams that need quarterbacks would spend a first-round pick on that quarterback? That that might be kind of determine where he goes, either in the first or the second round, or how many teams need quarterbacks and how many teams are willing to spend first-round picks on quarterbacks. And why does he have to go? Why, why does a player have to go in the first round? It's almost as though we think, well, if you don't go in the first round, you must not be that good, right? Oh, I don't feel that way. I mean, yeah. especially when it comes to the NFL draft. I mean, if you think you have to be a first rounder to be any good, I mean, 
there are just so many examples to the contrary. But the quarterback is that funny position, right? Because when we see, you know, we're not going to have it this year, but they have the, the players there in the green room or whatever waiting to be drafted. More often than not, the one that's the last one in there that everybody's making fun of is a quarterback. Because yeah. it's just either they could go super high or they could go super low because not enough teams want to draft a quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it was he or Alex Smith at number one, right? And he ended up going 21, 22 to the Something Packers. Something like that, yeah. Remember Geno Smith, who actually didn't get drafted in the first round even though he's in the green room and then came back the next day? I would have told him, <laughs> nope, just give me a call. Just holler yeah. at me when I'm drafted. I'm out of here. Uh, but that that's I think that's the tough part at quarterbacks. I, I mean, because all Jordan Love needs is one team that needs a quarterback that really likes him, and he could go ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I and I don't know where to put it. You know, Jalen Johnson has been mentioned. Uh, he seems to be gaining some momentum based on all the mock drafts we've seen, and he's a first round talent. And he, I, he's really really good, and and cornerbacks are such. Such so highly valued these days. In fact, if I if we had to make a list, Jake, of the the value of various positions, quarterback number one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and number two might be a tie between cornerbacks and and uh, rush ends. I would probably still put the rush end above the corner, but I get your point. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think the NFL, the two most important positions are the rush end and the and the quarterback. There's a lot of offensive tackles that seem to be highly valued That's this true. year. That's true. That's another position that is extremely valuable. You know, does the, the greatest show on turf even exist there in St. Louis without Orlando Pace? Remember how good he was? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're essentially looking at an NFL. We talk about the modern NBA game. The modern NFL game is all about the quarterback and receivers and stopping those two. Now, we say that. I think there is still value to running backs, but it seems as though some teams are willing to do that by committee now. Uh, and I've always, you know, I feel about offensive line. I just, you've got to have an offensive line or you're not going to win games. Some quick, uh, somewhat breaking news, Gordon. You were talking about how we don't have anything else but the, uh, the NFL draft. Well, next month... We'll have something. How about this? Uh, according to Darren Ravel, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning are going to play golf. It is on. It will air next month on TNT. Wait, who? Tiger, Phil, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Uh, so they're going to they're going to team up. Yeah, it's going to be like two on two. I mean, I mm. don't think that Phil and Tom are keeping up with Tiger and and. Phil or uh, Peyton and Tom are keeping up with Tiger and Phil. That Unless they're playing strokes. No, I think it's going to be. In fact, uh, when this was first rumored, wasn't it uh, Tiger and Tom and Phil and Peyton? Oh, I didn't know that. I just knew it was Phil and Tiger talking about. It. I didn't even know about the Peyton and Tom part. Yeah. So are those two accomplished golfers? I don't know what kind of golfer Phil and uh, or excuse me, I don't know why I keep wanting to call because you hate Phil. Peyton. I do hate Peyton. Peyton and Tom. I don't know what kind of golfers they are. I w- I would assume they'd be pretty good, or they wouldn't, you know, sign up for something like this, right? I'd watch it. Oh, I'd totally watch it. Well, I I liked the first Tiger versus Phil showdown. I thought that was a great idea. That eventually had to just be given to everyone for free, right? What was that? Why was I can't that? remember actually. It was something. 
where all of a sudden they was it just it was the paywall crashed or something and they just gave it to everyone for free i can't remember uh, but Austin, that, Austin, have you gotten to the point where you're willing to watch golf on TV now? I'm willing to watch the NFL draft every second of it. That's how. That's the point I've gotten to. I yeah. almost watched a, a few minutes of that NASCAR simulation when it came out. I almost did that. Not quite there yet, but I haven't gotten myself yet. to. I haven't gotten myself to watch. Uh, you know, gaming. I, 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 I just haven't gotten there. But but golf? Are you kidding? That golf term? That sounds pretty interesting to me. And, and the thing about it is that the reason if you play golf, if you've played golf at all, these kinds of things are much more interesting because you can put yourself in their shoes and wonder how it would go for you. Here's what happened. They they, you, they were forcing you to pay for access. And then once you paid, they'd let you watch the thing. Well, people were paying and then it was not letting them watch it. Oh, is that what <laughs> so it was? So they eventually, because of the match had already started, they, they let everybody they said, watch. fine, just take it. Down. Okay. Well, that makes sense. They did ask for people on the honor system to continue paying. On the honor system. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, nope. that works out so well. And if you didn't, if you weren't uh, true to your word, that uh, did you get uh, called into the office? Nope. No safety patrol knocked on my door, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can't think of who I like the least out of that foursome. Tom Brady. Uh, see, I would say Phil I like the best. I like Peyton, and the I'm best. not even that big of a fan of Phil. Oh, Peyton's last. <laughs> Why do you not by like Peyton? A long way. Oh, Peyton's the worst. Why? Just completely overrated. Stop a- it. Attention hog. Overrated. Joke artist. This is almost as bad as your opinion of Shaq. Uh, my opinion of Shaq is right on the money. Just because you guys can't <laughs> so understand what I'm what I'm saying, uh, doesn't mean that I'm not wrong. Interesting a, that they're you know, both it, uh, in every other commercial on TV, Shaq I, and Peyton. I, I well, true. but Peyton is really good at it. And know, Shaq's I mean, not the general? Come on. But, Icy <laughs> Hot? I mean, nobody can when, sling when I, Icy Hot like our boy Shaq. When I hear you talk, though, Jake, it makes me wonder why people decide that they either like an athlete or don't like him. I well, mean, I don't like Tom Brady because he went to Michigan. Is that acceptable in your book? Not That's really. fine, yeah. What's that got to do with what he's doing now? What does anything have to do with anything? Why? What gives you the right to, to judge me? <laughs> I'm judging you for judging him. Okay. Judges, they'll allow it. He went to Michigan. Don't like him. <laughs> That's just the And you hate Tennessee as well. Peyton Manning, way overrated. Don't like him. Way overrated. What does that mean exactly? He, he was given way more credit than he was due. Or wait, no. Yes. There you go. I you don't even know, hold on. You don't even like, know what your stance is. Let, let me get this straight. You think Peyton Manning was not a good quarterback? Average. Average? Not a winner. He's not a winner. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Not a winner. Had to go up against the Bears to get his first Super Bowl. And you hate Tom Brady because? He went to Michigan. That's it? In a nutshell. That's enough for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just this is crazy. This is crazy. Oh, is that you don't crazy? you don't know Tom Brady. You, you don't, don't either, and yet you're you, you're somehow in love with him. And no, let's I, not I let's didn't not say even that. get on well, the topic of, all, of Magic Johnson, who you also all, he, don't first know. All, he's a great court. Well, I've, I've at least talked with Magic. Uh, Tom Brady, great quarterback. Uh, seems to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he goes about his business, but he seems like he's an above board guy. Yeah, you thought the same thing about OJ. What's your point? (laughs) 
Oh, so if I'm wrong once, I'm wrong all the time? I just am saying that you don't know. Neither do I. So if I pick something arbitrary, like I don't like Michigan, so I don't like Tom Brady, how's that different than anything else? Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you shouldn't dislike him because he went to Michigan because he really didn't play that much. Is that any more? Or yeah, because he sat behind Utah, Drew Henson, and he couldn't cheat at Michigan like he can in the NFL. Wait a minute, was Drew from Utah? He lived here at some point. Yeah, I had a buddy who went to New York Yankee Drew Henson. Uh, yeah, I had a buddy who went to Intermountain Christian School with him. His dad, I think, was a coach at Utah, a football coach at Utah. I think. Uh, all right. But nonetheless, you got me me sidetracked. I mean, how does it, uh, like when somebody goes, wow, he seems like a nice guy. I think I'll cheer for him. That's no more, at least I know that Tom Brady went to Michigan. <laughs> so everybody's got their reasons, or they don't. So when you is have, this golf thing, and where? Uh, it just says next month ah. on TNT. Let's see if I can That's find like out where. That's like a year from now. It, it does feel a like a, a year from now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. It just says in May. And just it's going to be a year? <laughs> two, on, two on two. Let's see. Rumor dates are May 15th and May 24th. A nine-day tournament? But uh, are like <laughs> either of those days. <laughs> Sounds like a vacation, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, let's see. Tiger apparently and Phil would need to get uh, a release from them to play a televised or streamed event in the U.S., uh, it sounds like there's a couple of hoops that have to go. Course has not been finalized, but one source pointed to uh, what is this? A medalist Golf Club in Hobe Sound, Florida. And will it be shot via drone? How will the cameras work on this thing hmm. without social distance uh, violations? Well, well, they don't have to get up all in their grill like that. Cameramen, they can stay sixteen feet away. I'll tell you, you know who loves the news of this is gamblers. Something to put money on. Something, something, something to lose for some money. action. Yep, something. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll uh, have our Mountain America market updates. Stay tuned for that. Top of the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to Phil Rosenthal of the Chicago Tribune and uh, David Locke with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour right here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Have I told you lately that I love you? Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's time for a Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the zone phone from Mountain America Investment Services. Joining us now, our friend TJ Walk. What's going on, TJ? I, that's quite the intro song there for me. Thanks. Going with Bobby Vinton today because uh, <laughs> Gordon actually had a reference in his column from uh, January of 1964. So we looked up who had the number one song in January uh, of 1964. Hold on. Hold on. And it was TJ, that is Vinton. not true. It that is, is true. not true. It had nothing to do. It wasn't referring to anything. That was pure coincidence. But somehow we started having Bobby Vinton music on our show. So it's, whatever. If you like Bobby Vinton, then good on you. Well, that was, I mean, Mariano Rivera had to enter Sam, man. I'll take Bobby Vinton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, TJ. Let's get Every to time this. TJ comes on, you're going to play Bobby Vinton? Is that, we could. Uh, there you is go. That, yeah. We could. All right. uh, TJ, from what I understand, things looking up a little bit today. You know, today the market did well. The Dow ended up at 450 points positive, and the S&P was over two and a half or two and a quarter percent on the day. 
But it was good to see some green on the screen. Uh, the last couple days, obviously, oil has had a historic fall, and leading the charge today on the upswing was oil. So uh, it was nice to see some gains in the markets again and uh, get investors' confidence boosted as we, as we move forward here. You know, TJ, as this thing sort of rocks back and forth the way it's doing, it must be interesting for you as you advise clients and, and uh, try to uh, – most people understand, right, not to panic. They understand that to, to get in it and sort of go for the long haul. Is that, is that mm-hmm. a good uh, attitude to have? Absolutely. No, I couldn't recommend anything better myself, Gordon. And um, if you're in it, uh, I mean, if we chart a course, let's say, on the ocean, uh, the waves are going to take us up and down and to the side, but our course just needs to be charted for true north. And so having a plan and staying that course, correcting back to true north as things get tossed to the side, that's ultimately what gets people to their their hoped for and desired destination well tj we really appreciate you jumping on with us and the good folks over there mountain america investment services taking such good care of our listeners thanks man hey you got it have a great day guys (laughs) thanks tj tj walk there's your mountain america market update the investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, Gordon, we're going to talk to an old friend of yours, Phil Rosenthal. He writes for the Chicago Tribune and uh, covered MJ back in the day, so we'll talk to him a little bit about uh, The Last Dance. Looking forward to it. Phil's just a, a great guy. Good writer as well, and mm-hmm. uh, we're excited to talk to him. That's coming up next. David Locke at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.